book is my all-sufficient guide for faith and conduct. Amen. Convinced the living water changes everything one life at a time. Praise the Lord that His grace and His love has changed everything. That change continues to happen. We're in a series called Blueprint. Blueprint. And it is a series regarding the family. It is a series regarding God's plan for your home. I have said that as we tackle these areas, I have seen uh, before that when you take on and you begin to stake out some of this ground, especially in your own family, that you are going to experience spiritual warfare. You're going to experience it in your home. You're going to experience it in our uh, local church. Uh, Because this is one of the areas that the enemy has had such a strong foothold in our nation. Uh, We have uh, kind of let loose some of that territory and let him have uh, lots of areas in our home. And we have also gotten away from the blueprint of God's plan for our home. Now, when we are following God's blueprint... The whole idea is that there is no more of a powerful witness for the world than starting right in your family unit. You've heard me say if you are in a family unit, uh, whether not just husband and wife, a brother, sister, uncle, aunt, whatever your family is, that is the place that your witness ought to be the most effective and powerful. If you really, with being filled with the Holy Spirit and God's love, can't reach out to your family, something's wrong. You're walking in your flesh and not the Spirit. Because when you allow yourself to be controlled and when you allow that, uh, or or to be, I should say, uh, in the walking in the Spirit, because God won't possess you, okay, But when you allow God to be in control, He will give you what you need for your family. I have seen so many that have uh, talked about wanting with passion to go out and reach the world for Jesus. And they let their kids go to hell in their own house. They talk about having such zeal for wanting to see souls saved and wanting to be a powerful witness, but they won't be a witness to their own family. They won't love their own spouse. They won't love their own kids. This is, a, this is a, uh, something that, as James says, ought not be. <laughs> Fresh water and salt water don't come from the same thing. And so we've got to line up and allow the Holy Spirit to line us up so that our homes can become that powerful, effective witness to the world. And that's what we're talking about is God's blueprint for the home. And then uh, today, specifically, we are talking about, as we move along here, uh, that God wants us in our marriage, and we're, we're still talking about uh, specifically in the marriage now, for there to be a friendship. Now you say, well, of course, Pastor Brian. Well, before we say, of course, 
uh, let me tell you, liking the person you go to bed with, yes, it is kind of a play on words, but unfortunately and tragically, I will tell you, both inside and outside the church, there are many who are married together, they're having sex with one another, and yet they hate one another. Everybody's shocked, but you know what? If we don't understand that friendship needs to occur in our home, we're in trouble. Again, there are some people that treat a neighbor they've met for three seconds better than they will treat their wife or their children or a family member. We take we take our family members for granted. We think, well, they know who I am. They can live with it. Oh, really? <laughs> Whatever happened to the power of God to change your heart? Well, if God had just changed them, well, <laughs> God wants to change you. <laughs> and if God would change you, if you'd allow God to change your attitude, maybe you'd see a change in their attitude. See, it's always easy, and as I've said, that's why I write my name in the Bible. <laughs> I will say it again. I encourage you again. Write your name in the Bible. When it says, uh, everyone call on the name of the Lord, I put my name. Why? Because you know what? I think of all kinds of people that need to call on the name of the Lord, but the first one that needs to is me. <laughs> so... Uh, friendship is something that we can have. We're going to look at the scripture, but it is liking the person that you go to bed with because truly there's nothing more detrimental to your witness than having a, a marriage, a home that stays together, but there is no friendship. Having brother and sister hate one another in the body of Christ. That ought not be. Something's wrong. Where is the Spirit of God in our homes? You say, well, you know, I'd do it if they'd change. Well, that's the problem. Don't wait for them. We have to come and say, Lord, as far as it depends on me, and that's what Scripture says, live at peace with everyone. That means if you have the Holy Spirit, it's possible. So your greatest hope for a witness to your family is you. If you're saved, if you've asked the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, if you're saved, the Holy Spirit dwells in you, period. So ask the Spirit to help you love them. And so this is what a friendship is about. So let me also say this. If you're here and, and, uh, uh, and you want to apply this, to just relationship, friendship in general, you certainly are going to be able to do that. So this is not just uh, applicable to your family. It is uh, being applied to every relationship. If you want to be a friend, these things that I'm going to share this morning, these three things, if you will start doing them, you will be a good friend. If you do not do them, you will find friendship to be very hard, whether it be in your uh, relationship with husband and wife, brother or sister, or whomever. 
There's some things you have to do in a, uh, if you're wanting a friendship to exist. And so let's look at this passage of Scripture found in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Now remember I told you last week that if the basic uh, principles of Scripture and relationship can be applied to our relationships outside a marriage, that the first place they ought to apply is the marriage. And, and because we compartmentalize, that's why you have people that treat their stranger better than they do their spouse. Okay? Because we compartmentalize. We say, well, I'm at home, you know, they just know, that's where I let my hair down. Well, you better pin it up. <laughs> and my point is, you better let the Holy Spirit have control, okay? Because truly, we are not to live according to our flesh, we are to live according to the Spirit of God and the Word of God, amen? All right, so let's look at this passage of Scripture. And we're starting at the second chapter of Philippians, verse number 1. If therefore there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being the same of the same mind, maintaining the same love, United in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, though he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men, and being found in the appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, also, God highly exalted him and bestowed him uh, the name which is above every name. And we know that that person is Jesus, the name that is above every name, the name that is above heaven and above. Uh, above the earth and below the earth, everywhere, the name of Jesus, everything will bow to that name. So as we look at this, there are three specific things that I want to share with you out of this passage of Scripture that are going to help you become a better friend or help you to have friendship in your marriage, to help you like the person you're going to bed with. Okay, now that's in the marriage. <laughs> but it starts there. And I say that because, unfortunately, 
not just outside the church, but inside the church, I have met so many that are in such strife with one another relationally because they have no friendship. They have not based their relationship on friendship. And most of the time, I mean 99.9% is because of... That's right. The person that is standing there pointing their finger at their spouse. So, the first thing that I'm going to say, if you want to be uh, letting uh, uh, the, the mind of Christ into your relationship, first of all, again, as a Christian, guys, this, this is a fact, there should be no better friends on the face of the earth than that of a Christian. Someone that has the Spirit of God ought to be and know what it is to be the best friend. And if we aren't being that, then we're walking in our flesh, not the Spirit. And and if you're there, number one, I will be the first to tell you, I have had many moments in my life where I've been at that spot with my own family. And what do you do then, pastor? What can I practically do if I find myself there? You submit to God and you say, God, my flesh doesn't want to, but your word says the spirit of God within me will power me. In Romans chapter 8, verse number 11, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, he will quicken your mortal body by that power. So that same power that raised Christ from the dead will empower you to be a friend. Boy, pastor, you don't understand who I'm living with. No, I, I do because they say the same thing about you. That's our human nature, isn't it? I mean, if we were all honest, we all have that. So all of us, number one, know that our homes aren't perfect. But the only time that they're walking as a powerful witness is when someone in the house is yielding to the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah! When the Holy Spirit is present... He can do more in your family in three seconds than you can do in a lifetime. Allow yourself to be filled with the power of the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit, and you will not find yourself out of friendship with each other. All right. So the first thing I'm going to ask you to do If you want to cultivate friendship, you better be a planter. You say, what does that mean, Pastor? A planter. Listen to what this says. First of all, let's go back. You noticed in my showing you the Scripture here that there are four ifs. If, if, if. If, 
And it starts with, if therefore there is any encouragement in Christ. Well, let me ask you, is there any encouragement in Christ? Yes. The answer is yes. There is encouragement in Christ. In fact, what is happening here is Paul is going through one of these times where he is purposely asking a what is called a rhetorical question, a question that really is one that you already know, of course, is yes, there is no other answer. So when he says if, it's yes. There is encouragement. Is there consolation of love? Yes. There is. Is there fellowship? Yes, there is. Is there affection and compassion? The answer is yes. And so, if you're going to be a planter, if you will, in the Spirit, allow yourself, you better be planting these things in your relationships with the same thing that Christ gives you, with the same encouragement that you receive from Christ, you plant that in your spouse. You plant that in your children. You plant that in your brother, your sister. Well, I don't have anything encouraging to say. Well, get on your face before God and ask. Because God will give you something. You know, here's where truly there is some of this that if you want to be a good friend, you have to be a friend. How would you want to be treated? And again, I I come back to this basic, uh, because we're talking about God's blueprint for your home, and mom and dad, your kids or your grandkids will not do what you say. They are going to model what you do to each other. If you do not plant these seeds and have no value for a friendship with your spouse, your children won't either. It has got to be something that happens. And I say, Lord, as far as it's, it depends upon me, Lord, let me do these things. You say, well, you know, it just doesn't happen in my house the greatest hope is for you to begin doing it. And, and please, when you begin doing it, don't do it and then look around at everybody and say, well, it's your turn. Because <laughs> that happens too. <laughs> and what God says is you do it as unto the Lord. And you let the Lord worry about the harvest. Okay? So as a planter... The answer is, is there, is there any encouragement? Is it yes, yes, yes. Four yeses. That's one of the biggest kicks ever. God says yes. If you have the Spirit of God, it's yes. But what that means is you have to say no to your flesh. That's where the death occurs. And you say, well, Pastor Brian, why doesn't it happen more? Because my flesh doesn't want to die. And I'd and I be honest with you, that part of me when the Bible says for, for me to die, 
it's a scary thing when you think about, well, if, if Brian dies, who is there? Christ. That's the point. But I will tell you, when you think about it, your flesh, your, your flesh reviles it. Doesn't like it. But become a planter and plant these things. Plant encouragement. You want to see something happen in a friendship basis? Are you encouraging your spouse? Are you planting love in your spouse? Are you planting fellowship? Or when you get up in the morning, you just say, you know what, she knows I don't talk to her anyway, so what's the use? I haven't had my coffee yet. It's been way, I've done it for years. I never talked to anybody in the home. There's no fellowship. Mom and dad get home, sometimes if both of them are working, and no fellowship. TV comes on, no talking at all. Do you realize, this is just a fun statistic, talking about fellowship. Uh, James Dobson did a study that literally, astronomically, just a family turning the TV off and having dinner with one another and talking will keep your kids off drugs and off of having immoral sex and everything. Literally, it is exponentially off the scale just turning the TV off and having dinner. God's principles are powerful. That's what I want you to see. So plant fellowship. Plant affection. Well, my mom and dad never showed me affection. But as Christ, then out of the Spirit, show affection. Now, I, I will be honest with you. Jill will, will tell you. Uh, when I first came to the Lord, I had no affection for anybody. I know that's hard to believe. Ask her. I had no friends. She asked me to go out with my friends, and I said, well, you're busy tonight. <laughs> this is a true story. What was I doing? I was living off of, I didn't get saved till late, very late in my teenage years, and I didn't know what affection was until I allowed the Spirit to help me. So plant affection, plant compassion. Now that doesn't mean that we don't need to, to uh, raise men as men and women as women, but have compassion. Both men and women, I see a lack of compassion in the relationship. There's no compassion. All right, so be a planter. And by the way, if you're a planter, no farmer plants the row of corn and walks away and says, well, you know, I hope it gets water. I hope someone fertilizes it. I hope someone does it. Once you plant, what? guess what else you have to do? You have to, if you really want to harvest, spend some time cultivating it, watering it. If you want your friendships to be good, you better water them. If you have a friendship with someone and you call them up and say, Hey, Bill, it's been five years since we got together. Do you think we could have a cup of coffee? Probably not a lot of depth. 
So my point is you've got to cultivate it. You've got to, to care. All right, so be a planter. Number two. Oh, let's move on. Get past this. Be a, be a planter. Number two. Be a giver. Now, in any relationship, friendship, inside or outside the home, this could be, again, applied to friendships outside the home. But in any friendship, there has to be, in a friendship, an attitude of, I am going to give to my friend. And, and you say, well, what about, what about the other person? <laughs> if you're always worried about the other person, you're never going to be a giver. <laughs> so... Yes, in a reciprocal relationship, of course, there is to be giving and receiving, okay? So, but I will tell you, if all you focuses, focus on is the last time your sister or brother did something or gave you or your spouse gave you, or if that's all you're focused on, you'll never be a giver. You'll just be a taker. And when you're all a taker in a relationship, it will cause it to go south quick. In a friendship, if, if every time you get together with your friend, all they do is give and you never give anything back, that is not going to be, it's either going to be, number one, the shallowest friendship or it will eventually die. Because there needs to be a giving and a receiving, but as far as it depends on me, I need to be a giver in the relationship. In the friendship, I want to be a, a giver. Here's something we do too. You've heard me talk about this in the area of tithe. We can do this in the area of giving in a relationship. You say, well, what's the difference between planting and giving? Giving is at the moment. Be a giver at the moment. Planting is really thinking about and making an investment. Again, in cultivating, you understand. But be a giver. Give, get, just give at the moment. Sometimes it's just giving a hug. Sometimes it's just, but I, I am amazed how many people want to give out pennies and have millionaire friendships. And it doesn't happen. Don't think that you're, well, yeah, I'll be a giver. I'm giving a penny and it hurts. And then next time, you know, that friend, boy, you know, you want to expect the $1,000 check back in friendship. And it doesn't work that way. When God says he puts laws of sowing and reaping in, there is something to that. Know that it's true. So be a giver and give on the basis of what you would like others to give to you. Give as a friend that says, man, I, would, I, I want to be the best friend that I can be. Now, thank the Lord, I have a lot of friends where used to I had none or one. So wherever you are in this, I want to encourage you, you can start. Whether, whether it be that you're married or not married yet, wherever your friendships are, start being a planter, and then the next thing, start being a giver. And here's the verse. It says, Do nothing out of selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, let you regard one another as more important 
than themselves. Now, if we just did that one thing, that's being a giver instead of a taker. That's looking to someone else's interest. And by the way, do you notice that Paul writes here in verse number four, do not merely look out for your own personal interest. Paul knew that you'd already look out for your interest. <laughs> do you notice that? So he says, don't just do that. You make sure you focus on the other people. So it's a matter of focus. Be a giver. Have that giving mindset. Have that mindset that says, Lord, I am going to do it. And then on top of all that, in being a giver, he says, and I marked it in green as you went down our scripture verse, have this attitude. What attitude? The attitude of Jesus Christ. He was the greatest giver. Amen. He gave it all. I mean, I can't even imagine. Uh, you know, I went through this again the other day. Lord, I really can't comprehend what it was like to have Pilate standing in front of God himself demanding, don't you realize I have the power to crucify you or let you go? It just, everything within me, my Muay Thai just comes out <laughs> at that moment. I, I, I literally, if except for the grace of God, would beat him about the head and shoulders. <laughs> but what does it that Jesus does? He looks and he says, recognizing the real authority, including that God was over him, what did Jesus say? He says, you have no power over me if it weren't first given to you from above. Wow! Whew! Unbelievable. Okay, so number one, be a planter. Number two, be a giver. Number three, walk in humility. If you want to be a good friend, no one wants to be a friend of someone who knows it all, is the best at everything, and just absolutely knows that they hung the moon. I mean... I guess I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but has anybody known a, a person like that? Hard to be friends with, is it not? But if you want to cultivate friendship, and, and unfortunately, believe it or not, I've seen this in homes. I've seen it with mom and dads. I've seen it with brother and sister and, and extended family. There's no humility at all. None. And, and, and when... Uh, someone does talk about or when they are in a moment of humility, they get out of it as quick as they can. But Jesus, it says, knowing that he was God. He knew he was God. He emptied himself. When it says that he relied on his heavenly father, I've, I've been in this, it's kind of a theological little bit of a discussion, but people say, well, of course, he was Jesus. He, he knew. He knew because he relied on his father. You understand when it says he emptied himself, it means he emptied of those godly attributes and he relied on the Holy Spirit and, the, and his heavenly father. 
That's why he says, I don't do anything unless I see my Father do it first. You've heard me say, Jesus models everything. He never asks us to do anything that he isn't willing to do himself. How do I know that you can walk in the power of the Holy Spirit? Because Jesus did it. You hear me? We get there, yeah, of course it was Jesus, yes. And I know that Jesus was uh, perfect, he was sinless, he was the Son of God, but he was tempted just like us in every area yet without sin. And so don't excuse us, don't excuse our behavior. Is humility possible? Yes. And, you know, I love that song. I've got a couple dents in my fenders, a couple rips in my jeans. And it's, a, it's, it's a, obviously just a pop song, but the point is, you're not all that in a bag of chips. Okay? We've all got flaws, like the, the paint falling off the house. There are areas in our life where we need to understand humility. And if Jesus could empty himself and walk in humility, we certainly need to. Uh, you'll be surprised what friendship will do in your house if you will just admit there are times where you aren't always right. Or when you're sometimes wrong. That will just do huge things to cultivate friendship. fact is, is no one likes someone who can't see that they have faults. They got flaws. And uh, now, that being said, since we're talking about friendship, when friendship goes deep, here's what you have to watch for. When friendship goes deep, those who you know the best and you love the best can, can be the people you hurt the worst because they've opened themselves up to you, okay? So when, when you open yourself up to somebody, it doesn't mean, humility doesn't mean that you say, uh, oh, you know what? There's no one that knows my weaknesses better than Jill other than God. That's a fact. But there's no one who literally could uh, either make or break me better than Jill or the Lord. And the Lord constantly covers me. And if you want a friendship, it doesn't mean when you see your spouse in a weakness, Ha! Look at that! Oh, you know what? I said they couldn't cook. You ought to taste their cooking. If it's really a weakness and all you do is point it out, that's cruel. That's not friendship. You're not going to cultivate anything. <laughs> and so be careful. Sometimes when we get to know one another the most, and, when, and I understand, Jill and I joke with each other all the time. And here's another thing about humility. Learn to laugh at yourself. My house, no kidding, we've just said, it, you need to learn to laugh at yourself because when you come to our home, we, we always make sure we don't take it too far. But you got to learn to laugh at yourself. 
because we're funny. <laughs> if you've never been in our home, we are. I mean, but again, it's never at the expense of grinding someone into the dust, but it's just understanding that, you know what, I am, I am sometimes a goofball. <laughs> I, I, I do say, I remember one time, uh, just something my kids still laugh about it today. There was one time that I was distracted and the kids were out doing something in the yard and Samantha yelled out or did something and I ran out there to see what was happening and I said, Spencer, put down that stick. Don't hit your sister with that. And he looked at me and said, I didn't hit her with anything. And I said, well, you did something. <laughs> They still use that against me in my home. <laughs> and, and what I found out is there wasn't anything about that situation where one of them was doing anything wrong, and I had assumed, and I had to humble myself and say, you know what, guys? Dad jumped to conclusions, and I was just wrong. Learn to laugh at yourself. It will do incredible things in your friendships. So, number one, be a planter, number two, be a giver, number three, walk in humility. Just walk in humility, learn to laugh at yourself because God says in his word, when John the Baptist saw Jesus, John the Baptist, you realize, was the person before Jesus came on the scene. Everyone was following John the Baptist. This is John chapter 3, verse 30. Look at it. Everybody was following after John the Baptist. And when he saw Jesus, his disciples got all upset about it. And they said, well, Jesus, everybody's going, or uh, uh, John, everybody's going across the river to Jesus. And John said, a man can only receive what is given to him from heaven. And then he makes this incredible statement. He must increase. I must decrease. An incredible, incredible, incredible statement as we wrap up all three of these, being a planter, being a giver, walking in humility. Remember, in a friendship, it's about those things, which means they, your relationship must be the focus just like God. You say, well, who's going to take care of me? The Bible says God will take care of you. If you do it as unto the Lord, He'll take care of you. And I will tell you, God has, God will be no man's debtor. <laughs> he just won't. Bow your head with me this morning.